This is the Making Your Own Mind Up podcast. With me is Susan. And me, Josie. This is the podcast where we are deep diving into everything Eurovision, from the history of the competition to how it all works and building up to that main event on Saturday, May 13th. And of course, we will be joined by famous faces, past and present Eurovision acts which is really exciting. So you guys, this is where you need to be to learn all the information. Or if you're a seasoned veteran like me, (laughs) just keep up to date with everything that's going on. But this episode is really, really exciting. We have got an interview with Kalush Orchestra band member Timothy Muzzychuk, and it was really interesting. So you guys really, really want to stick around for that. We're going to deep dive into that very shortly. But this episode is, of course, all about Liverpool. Yes, I don't know anything about Liverpool, so I need Jodie to tell me everything. Quite shocking, considering you're from Ireland. I know, and I always hear about these strong connections that Liverpool and Ireland have, and I don't know what they are. I've no idea. I've never been up there, but I haven't lived here that long, and... I lived through a pandemic, so I didn't have the time to go up there. I'll let you off. But I just want to start with the strong musical links, because, of course, that would have added to why it was chosen. Well, do you know any Liverpool singers or songwriters? The Beatles? Is that such a basic thing to say? It's basic, but they are from Liverpool, so... You've also got Jerry and the Pacemakers, Billy Fiore, Frankie Goes to Hollywood. You know the Wombats? Yeah, yeah. Last but not least, you've got Scylla Blach. She's a journalist, ladies and gentlemen. Of course, how can you forget an icon? But what I want to know is how did Liverpool get picked for this? Because it is a bit surprising, I think, when... It's not hosted in a capital city. So after Ukraine winning Eurovision last year, a host country had to be picked. And fortunately, it was the UK. So we're hosting on their behalf. But then there was a strong city bid, which followed shortly after. And the cities involved was Birmingham, Glasgow, Leeds, Liverpool, Manchester, Newcastle and Sheffield. As someone who has never been and doesn't know anything about it and you grew up there your whole life and you love Liverpool why do you think it's the best place? I think Liverpool was chosen because it is in general just a happy friendly place to live like if you don't know someone it's still like a hi good morning when they pass you by so there's such a sense of community in the city which is a nice feeling because you know I'm quite proud to be like yeah I'm from Liverpool. I think it's amazing I think you only get very few opportunities in life to showcase your city or your country off to the whole world and there's going to be so many people that don't know anything about Liverpool have never even heard of it well we get to go all out and it won't even the nice thing is it won't even be just Scouse people there it'll be people from so many different countries probably a lot of Irish will be there (laughs) yeah probably yeah we love a bandwagon so we're we're over there (laughs) and hopefully a lot of Ukrainians as well because one thing that I do like about this year is the fact that Ukrainian people have been given 3,000 tickets to attend one of the live shows over the course of the week. And it's basically people who fled their homes. Right, so they are ensuring that those people get to see the competition that should have been held in their country. That is amazing. I, for one, am so glad that my city is hosting the Eurovision this year. And I'm so glad that I get to take you and we can embrace all this Scouseness. Did you know there's actually a meal called Scouse in Liverpool? I want to experience everything. I want to be going to these markets and trying all this Ukrainian food and, you know, bopping along and seeing some acts and everything like that. And then what we dip in in the evening and you watch the semi-finals and the finals on a big screen like that's says ideal exactly well that's what the whole week of the Euro Village is about it's basically on the semi-finals the two semi-finals you get to if you don't unfortunately if you didn't get tickets like me and Susan you get to watch it in, on a big screen in the Euro Village and 
bonus part. It is free and unticketed. It's very accessible to everyone because we love a freebie, but of course, like so many people, well, a lot of people would prefer the fan zone, but think of the amount of people that maybe came from another country that thought, oh, the flights cost so much money, but I'd rather actually just be bopping around the city for the week and seeing what they have to offer than paying hundreds of quid to be actually at the competition. Of course, inside the MS Bank Arena, it would be an amazing venue. It looks absolutely stunning. The vibes would be unmatched, but outside, bonding with everyone who's there literally purely just for Eurovision that's equally going to be unmatched but unfortunately the Saturday well if you got tickets it's fortunate but if you didn't the Saturday is a ticketed one so the final will be ticketed. So if you go there to watch the final, if you don't have tickets for the MS Bank Arena, you can go if you've got a ticket for the Saturday. So that's good. So it means you can kind of come in and out. But yeah, so the last night is ticketed, probably realistically for safety reasons, so that everyone doesn't show up. So what do you think, if you were going to recommend to me and to anyone listening to this, what is the best days to go? from looking at what's going on. I would say the Wednesday is one of my favourite days to look at. It's United by Music, the National Lottery are presenting this and there's so many acts performing and then you've got the Thursday as well, which is obviously the semi-final screening. That's an iconic night, isn't it? Yeah, well, you want to go on that Tuesday because you want to watch Ireland, right? (laughs) But then you've got the Friday, which I think is equally as important because you've got Euro Eve. It's like Christmas Eve. We love to see it. And basically... Everyone's just going to be there, really excited for tomorrow. And TikTok's Eurovision legends are going to be taking over the stage as well. We've got faces like Sophie Alice Baxter, the Venga Boys. I love Sophie Alice Baxter. All of those days are held 12 till 11, except for Euro Eve, which is 12 till midnight. And then the final will be 2 o'clock until late. It doesn't even have a to-be-confirmed time. Oh, well, as we've said, the Eurovision never ends. <laughs> that final episode goes on forever. So I saw on social media, I don't know if this is true, is Charlotte Church going to be there as well? Because yeah. she's she's big up north, right? Obviously. Yeah, yeah, well, apparently she's performing her last late show there. What? Yeah. That is really cool. That's actually very cool. So it's all just iconic kind of these kind of hun acts that they always say, isn't it? Hun culture. You've got famous faces in Liverpool, like the Queen of Scotty Rhodes, but you're going to see so many other faces like Rylan. You're going to have AJ Dodo. She's going to be there. And, of course, Graham Norton. Oh, we love Graham Norton. And, you know, these famous faces, they're already in Liverpool. And I even heard that Rylan was handing out press passes to the media. You're joking. Okay, so we're heading there. Who do you want out of the presenters to hand it over to you? That's a tough one. I do like them all. But mm, I think I'm going to have to go with Rylan. I mean, he's met Nicole Scherzinger, so it's basically like being with a pussycat doll. That's true, that's true. I think I'm a... This is going to be a wild card, I think. You're not going to expect this from me. I think I'm a Hannah Waddingham kind of girl. Okay. Because I love Ted Lasso, like, a lot. And I've only watched it recently, like, all the seasons. Fizz. So when... it was, I think I only, you know, I completed the old seasons right when she got announced as a host. And I was like, geez, I'd never heard of that one before in my whole life. And now... She's everywhere. And it's like, <laughs> I just can't move her. She's everywhere I go. Love it's that mad. woman. I was like, that's the most random selection I've ever heard. And then I've seen a lot of interviews for her and she is as Eurovision obsessed as I am. But that man's a bit of Graham Norton as well, though. We do see him every Sunday at work, so it'd be quite nice. And Susan, I've got two events that I think are perfect for you. Really? Okay, so a personal recommendation. Right, so no, none of the listeners are allowed to come to this. It's just for me, is it? <laughs> 
Picture this, yeah, Saturday, 13th of May. You're right on Liverpool Pierheads. The sun's setting. Are you imagining it? Am I sober? <laughs> Perhaps. Mm, probably not. <laughs> Next minute, Jedward's epic Eurovision sing-along starts. So do we think Jedward follow me everywhere I go? <laughs> Everywhere I turn, there they are. You know what, like, as funny as that is, I'd say that's probably a bop. Oh yeah, 100%. I'd say that's a bop. I think um, Irish people do have a good giggle at Jedward and they're a bit weird on social media, but they know how to get a crowd going and they are loved by Eurovision fans. Well, I can only imagine what that night's gonna entail. I know, that is debauchery all over, all over that pier. Everyone... Everyone who's going to the pier heads is going to have one hell of a night. That's for sure. Right, what's the second one? Go on. The next one is 11th of May. Right up your street, I think, personally. Euro drag party at Eurovision. Best of European drag. Okay. Oh, that actually does sound really cool. I know. Right. Okay, I'm interested. Give me more. Give me more. Are you Are you into RuPaul's Drag Race, though? Yeah, I really like drag queens and the kind of whole performance for sure i haven't been very it's one of those things where i'm worried if i got into rupaul's drag race that's it for me like some shows i know that if i started to watch one episode i'd be hooked forever so i kind of stop hold myself back a bit <laughs> i did mean to get into rupaul's drag race because i know i'd be obsessed i just love the artistry of the whole thing yeah so so drag queens from across europe that would be very, very cool. It is iconic, and I can second that opinion. Yeah, so what am I doing at this night? What's happening at it? Well, Liverpool have quite a big drag scene, so if you want to get involved and you're the drag artist from Europe, you know what to do. At Liverpool's second biggest stage, aka Blundell's Supper Club. Oh, okay, <laughs> very good, very good. Yeah, and you can expect lots of glasses of fizz standard. Spin the wheel games... Benazorn themed bingo. Ah. We love that. That's a bit chaotic and very <laughs> British. I'm into that. Live cabaret, but like Ooh. ABBA tributes, RuPaul's Drag Race Queens, all that. Oh, a drag queen doing a Mamma Mia ABBA tribute. I'm seeing that all in my head very clearly. Naturally, there'll be lots of comedy throughout too. Ah, obviously, 100%. But this is a four hour interactive experience. Four hours? Yeah, I could do that for four hours. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> um, I think we need to cut this out of the podcast so that only we can get tickets to this that's what yeah. i'm thinking <laughs> if you're listening to this it's actually not on anymore they cancelled it like literally two minutes ago it's so sad but yeah if you want to get involved in that go and check it out now and also one thing that welcomes you into the city which is a really nice touch is uh, we've got a symbolic seed spreading event which basically it sounds really dodgy, but it's basically transformed one of Liverpool's major gateways into a nature-rich sea of yellow and blue, which is obviously a massive tribute to Ukraine. Oh, that sounds really pretty. And what's so cute about that as well is little primary schools got involved. So that's what I'm saying. Everyone's getting involved. And it's just nice to see that we're doing this much for Ukraine. For sure. And I don't know about you guys, but I think that I've been convinced that Liverpool is the greatest house city in the world. Oh, that's so sweet. <laughs> I think you fully have convinced me that it is amazing. And also, I now feel like I've got my diary scheduled out of everything I'm going to go to. I think a lot of people are going to benefit from that as well. And next up, we have got a great interview with Timothy from Kalush Orchestra. You guys are not going to want to miss this. It is just so lovely to hear about what the Eurovision win meant to Ukraine. So have a listen to this. 
Thank you so much for joining us, Timothy. How has life been since winning Eurovision 2022? Uh, our life has definitely changed uh, since Eurovision time. We uh, have uh, uh, much more uh, uh, concerts uh, as before. And we traveled all over the world, uh, collecting money for uh, uh, Ukraine, uh, different donations. And uh, if we talk, uh, uh, how much uh, has we already uh, collected? So it's uh, uh, about uh, 60,000, uh, uh, 60 uh, million hymnas since the beginning of Eurovision till uh, the new year 2023. And how important was it for you to win last year? It was very, uh, of course, uh, it, it was uh, very important for us to win uh, on Eurovision uh, 2022 because, you know, uh, when uh, the country is in a war, uh, any victory in different sphere, in any sphere, is uh, very valuable. And uh, this uh, contest uh, was also uh, very important for us. And we are so happy uh, that uh, uh, other countries, they supported us and show us showed us uh, their support the support of ukraine of ukrainian nation and of course we are very glad that uh, people liked our music ukraine has faced a lot of hardships over the last year what message do you think that sends out win on eurovision the main message uh, of uh, ukrainians uh, is uh, to uh, keep doing something to stop the war, the war that is in the center of Europe, and it's nonsense uh, in these times. Uh, so uh, we want uh, that everyone uh, does something to uh, stop it, to stop this war, and uh, uh, help us to approach the victory day. And of course, President Zelensky wanted Ukraine to host the competition. But do you think that the UK is doing a good enough job at honoring Ukraine? Of course, uh, President Zelensky and not only the president, all Ukrainians uh, wish to host Eurovision 23 in the Ukraine. But you know that it uh, uh, is impossible, currently impossible. Uh, but at the same time, uh, we are very thankful to uh, the UK for taking this uh, uh, responsibility, a uh, big responsibility to present uh, Ukraine and host Eurovision 23 on behalf of Ukraine. And uh, I'm sure that they made all their efforts to create a big event in a Ukrainian style with Ukrainian motifs, as we already checked in the internet and social media. Uh, everything uh, reminds about Ukraine in Liverpool and a lot of the uh, artists, Ukrainian artists, uh, will be uh, on stage uh, during Eurovision. So uh, we are very thankful that uh, they did all their best to create this Pompeo's event. The city of Liverpool, like you're saying, is going to be putting on so many events. There's Euro Village, which is holding so many fun things where you can even try Ukrainian foods. Do you think that the city is representing Ukraine well? 
Я вважаю, що of course, it's uh, really very exciting that there is uh, such kind of a village where we can just try this Ukrainian cuisine. And uh, of course, it reminds about Ukraine and it looks like uh, Eurovision is held in Ukraine. And I uh, have no doubt that uh, the UK made all their efforts to uh, create a very great event uh, with uh, Ukrainian motifs, all this. Uh, Ukrainian culture, but we will definitely see, for instance, so uh, we look forward to seeing everything. So are you able to give us any kind of sneak peeks or anything at the performance you're going to do at the Eurovision this year? Uh, It will be definitely uh, very exciting and interesting and vivid performance. But to be honest, I cannot share with you. Uh, Just uh, I would like you to see it on your own. Uh, You have to see that. And if you've seen any of the contestants for this year and you had to give kind of your 8, 10 and 12, who are they going to? You know, it it is fair uh, to see their performance first and only after that uh, gave uh, some points. So for this reason, I would like to uh, see to watch their performance and only after that I will be able to share my point of view. For now, I think that all of them uh, have a, a chance to win. So I look forward to see their performances. So I assume you'll be backing your fellow Ukrainians, Torchy. Have you spoken to them? Have you got any advice to give? Uh, frankly speaking, uh, some years ago, we uh, met uh, with Torchy for the first time. Uh, but it was a very quick talk. And uh, since that time, we didn't have opportunity to talk. Uh, but I'm sure that we will do that uh, in Liverpool before they are going on stage. We will definitely have a talk and I wish good luck to them. And what advice would you have for any contestants in any of the other countries that are participating this year? Uh, the main advice uh, is definitely uh, have a lot of rehearsals that will improve uh, their performance. And uh, uh, what is more, of course, I wish them uh, good luck and uh, just simply enjoy their performance. Timothy, thank you so, so much for joining us. We're sending you lots of love. Hope you're well and safe. We'll be seeing you very soon in Liverpool. Thank you. That was such a special interview. It was just really interesting also to hear about when a country is in such a hardship and having the worst things in the world ever happen to them that any kind of win is such a massive win for them. But that's the thing. I feel like music is such a universal language and it's also so nice to hear that Timothy, who is obviously Ukrainian, feels that the Liverpool and the UK are representing Ukraine in such a good way. Completely. And of course, if you're in Liverpool for the week of the Eurovision, you will see Cluj Orchestra bopping around, which is very fun. And remember, you can try some Ukrainian food too. You've got to really feel the environment. Yeah, got to catch all the vibes. So that is all we have for you on this episode. But you guys want to be sticking around because next time we have got a great interview with Dami Im, which if you don't remember who she is, she was the runner-up in 2016 for Australia. And we'll be chatting all about her musical career, how it was in Eurovision, the things she faced afterwards and how it's also boosted her career in the music industry as well plus all that semi-final build up very exciting I know as we build up guys to what is arguably the greatest week 
of all time. And my first semi-finals to witness. Ridiculous, but we won't get onto that. But as we get closer and closer to that, it only gets more exciting. We are going to look at all of the favourites to win and you know what? We'll give you our honest opinion if we think they've got it, if we don't think they got it. We will let you all know in the next episode. You don't want to miss it. This is Making Your Own Mind Up. Yeah.